Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. This is Darren. And today we're going to be talking about games we've been playing lately. We're going to have a little bit of banter, a little tiny bit of banter. We're going to be talking about our top five board games that we like to play during the fall season. So thanks for joining us for episode 148 as we seek to build community through board gaming. Residents of Meepletown, do you know why trees are so carefree and easygoing? Because every fall, they let loose. Ah. That's right. That's exactly what you can expect on this episode. So if you didn't laugh at that, you might as well go ahead and turn this thing off because we've got lots of fall and autumn jokes coming your way. You might as well leave. Am I right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just make it like trees and leave. (laughs) I use that one often. Year round, I use that one. Yeah, make it like a tree, tree and leave. Yeah, or my favorite is make it like a tree and get out of here. <laughs> Funny enough, I'm gonna actually going to reference that. That is from uh, Back to the Future, correct? Yep, good old Biff. Yeah, so I'm going to reference that in my list later on. Oh, I cannot wait. Yeah. I'm all a tingle. Yeah, I, I've got some. I've got some thoughts. Yeah, got and you're thoughts. looking at my list, Aaron. You're like, wait a minute, Back to the Future is not on your list, and you would be correct. But a thought that I have comes from Back to the Future. So stay tuned for that. That'll be great. (laughs) That'll be great. But one more thing that you might be staying tuned for is this next joke. What do Jedi trees say to each other in the fall? May the forest be with you. (laughs) That's right. Bring it on, Meeple Town. Bring it on. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, we're going to be jumping into some talks about game boards game boards game boards yep. board and games. board games both of them soon but i do want to give a shout out to listener and friend jamie who bought us some coffees on buymeacoffee.com hey thanks we jamie appreciate that he heard my desperate plea a few weeks ago about having to pay the bills and and so he bought me uh, not me he bought us the the three coffees this is after Jamie bought me lunch over the summer or breakfast over the summer too. So he's he's buying all kinds of things from Maple Town. Is that another fundraising app? Buy me a lunch? Nope. It was just nope. we went out to go get <laughs> breakfast and oh, okay. he paid for it. So it was really nice. Had I known That's beforehand, awesome. I would have ordered a lot more stuff than what I ja- did. Jamie, if you want to buy me lunch, I live in Lafayette, Indiana, and you can just have it, you know, door dashed or whatever. I'll give you my address. Just uh, hit me up on the Discord or something, you know? Well, now you know, okay, Darren. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. This is without having even talked to you about this. this but you is know, Jamie scary. Jamie lives in Nashville or Franklin area, so Nashville area. Mm-hmm. You are from the Nashville area, mm-hmm. so you you frequent down here pretty often. Jamie texted me and said, "We have to get Dead of Winter to the table before Thanksgiving, which will never happen. It will not happen. I'm sorry, Jamie. I didn't text you back. This is my response uh. to that text. However, at some point when Darren's in town." You're in town. I bet we can get Sean, Jonathan. I bet we can get lots of players, Steven, and and do a game day at Game Point, another Meeple Town game day. It's, we're due for that. But this time, we'll try to give a bigger heads up. So when we know Darren's going to be in town and we can make it work, we're going to do this and play Dead of Winter, even if it's over Christmas break. Which will be in the Dead of Winter. You oh, know, so that'd be cool. perfect. I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, we will be in that week before Christmas and a few days afterwards. So definitely during that time, we need a little mini Meeple Town Con at Game Point 
where we can play something like Dead of Winter and, and maybe some others. Who knows? That sounds amazing. I'm, I'm super jazzed about that. If you remember last Christmas, Darren, the day after Christmas, you and I got together at Game Point. We yep. got up there at like seven in the morning or whenever it opened. Seven. I think yeah. it's seven. Seven, yeah. And it snowed big time <laughs> that day. It was beautiful. It was amazing. It was yep. amazing to, you know, be walking through East Nashville and snow covered streets. It was really pretty over there. Yep. So at least for an hour or two before it melted. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the best <laughs> we can do in Tennessee. <laughs> right. We'll take it. <laughs> we're, not, we're not Indiana, Darren. Right, right. But anyway, we'll we'll try to make something like that work so that we can play lots of games. And if you're like, I don't like Dead of Winter, but I love Darren, well, you can still come, <laughs> assuming that we make this happen. That'll be great. Yep, and we'll even have some uh, Meeple Town stickers to to hand out to our <laughs> to our friends and residents that, that the OG with us. <laughs> the OG stickers, right. not the new ones. You can't no. have those. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, that's that's enough for the announcements, I guess, the, the announcement side of things. We appreciate anyone who donates and supports the show in any way. Honestly, just sending us a, a review or, or sending us a, a pleasant email or a text or, you know, something nice in the in the Discord, all of that is appreciated. So we thank you for for being there for us and supporting us in whatever way you would like to support us. Now let's talk about some games we've been playing lately, right? We're ready for that? We are ready. Okay. I was going to talk about a game, but then Darren said, we're not going to talk about that stupid game. <laughs> Excuse me for my language. Such vulgarness. I know it. He didn't actually say that. He said, we're going to talk about something else. So I said, all right, Darren, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about because this show is all about you. <laughs> and so we are going to be talking about, which actually this one makes a little more sense because this is a fall themed Halloween themed game. That is Welcome to Halloween Thematic Neighborhood, which is an amazing name for an expansion, as Darren mentioned before the show. <laughs> they could have done something a little more creative, I think, other than just calling it the Thematic Neighborhood. I mean, come on. <laughs> so I played this one, and you we both played this one, but I played this one in preparation for a Halloween episode because this one was on my short list and didn't quite make it, but I still really enjoy this game. I, I love Welcome to in general, but I love that several years ago they did a it was a kickstarter i believe it was a kickstarter to kick off all of these thematic different thematic um maps and and rule sets so you're using different boards and then you're using different scoring cards and they had a couple of i would put in the halloween themed ones they had the zombie theme one and they have this trick-or-treating one which is the one that we're talking about maybe we'll talk about the zombie one i haven't played the zombie one in a few years i believe I haven't played it at all, but I really want to. Okay. But they did like a post-apocalyptic one. There's a an Easter one, a Christmas one, which I really like the Christmas one too. But let's talk about the Halloween one. The Halloween trick-or-treating one, which is again named Halloween Thematic Neighborhood. <laughs> Flows right off the tongue. Classy. So in this one, you're you're using the same deck of cards to flip those over, but you have a difference in your, again, your player boards and your scoring cards and then there's some different rules and what happens is some of the houses are going to have ghost on them some of them are or i'm sorry they're going to have ghost and candy on there so so little um, candy corn pieces on there and you can choose if i put a if i um put a number in one of the blocks that has one of those ghost or and candy on there you can choose which one you want to do do you want to trick or do you want to treat Treats are going to give you points. 
and give you more and more points as you get more and more crossed off on your board. And then tricks are going to give you, I guess, special abilities. They're going to give you, allow you to put pools in. They're going to allow you to um, put uh, other different markings onto your board. And there's also the scoring cards that give you more uh, points based on, or, you know, give you the bonus points based on who's the first one to get seven candy corn or who's the first one to get, uh, I forget what the ghost one was, honestly. I'm not really looking at it right now, but anyway, you get different bonus points for, uh, for all of, all of those things, Uh, three houses together that have a ghost or candy in there. Rules are pretty simple. I mean, I mean, if you know how to play the game, you can pick this up, read the rules right before you play like a couple minutes and you're ready to go, which is what another thing I love about these expansion maps, because all of them offer really simple changes that add a thematic, uh, thematic element to a, uh, to a game that's just fun anyway. Yeah. And you, you played this one. Yeah, I have just, just recently the, you know, the only welcome to I've played, I have the welcome to the moon and I think I've only played maybe the first scenario of that solo. And it wasn't, it wasn't the most exciting gaming experience. And so, but, but I've always been intrigued by some of the thematic neighborhoods that uh, are so aptly named and a buddy of mine, Phil has it got the whole bit, got all of them and has been kind of playing through them recently. And we played this, the the Halloween one. And you know, there's something about just the simple little tweaks that they made and maybe it's just the season, it's the mood, but I really enjoyed playing that map much more so than I had uh, my previous experience. The, the trying to decide you know, where to put it? Am I taking the candy now? Do I want to put it in this house? Am I going to wait on that pool action for a little bit later? Ooh, but if I, if I do that here, then I won't be able to get this one there. And you know, the, the, like, like you said, it's very simple to play, very simple turns, but the, the art on the little pad, the score pads are so clever and neat. You kind of walk through there and I'd encourage you if you, if you have any of these to look through all of the little details on these score pads. Yeah. Um, especially in the Halloween one, but like the zombie one is, is hilarious. And uh, if you have that the one, the apocalyptic one is really, yeah, really cool too. yeah, the little nuclear fallout one. It's, it's crazy cool. Just those little touches and the fact that you're not just doing the regular actions, but you're also trying to collect the candy or get the, the, the bonuses from having more ghosts. And there's always a little bit of competition because once someone takes the greatest reward, you know, you can't, you can only get like the second greatest reward. So there's a little bit of that, even though it's mainly a multi-solitaire kind of game, you're still racing to get certain achievements for those points. And in our game ended up like just a two point difference. Um, it was a whole, it was a whole lot of fun. I felt pretty good about what I did and my little neighborhood that I had built, uh, even though, you know, I, I lost by a couple of points, but I really enjoyed this a lot more than I thought it would. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun one. I, I highly recommend the game in general anyway. I, I also have Welcome to the Moon, and there's, uh, what is it, Welcome to Las Vegas. I don't have that one, but Welcome to the Moon is really cool too. But honestly, I, I in some ways prefer the OG with those extra maps, mainly because mm. it's it's simple, um, and I like that. But yeah. I like the campaign element of Welcome to the Moon too. So those are just really fun. And And again, if you're looking at seasonal games, this fits in every one of those different seasonal categories. I love that. Yeah. Yep. 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 So that is welcome to specifically the Halloween thematic neighborhood. Very good. Well, the the game that I've been playing here recently was one that I 
mentioned briefly at the very end of our top 13 Halloween games episode. And we went through some honorable mentions there at the end. And, and I mentioned zombie dice horde edition. And, and if you remember, I, I compared it to past the pigs and I may have unintentionally besmirched past the pigs. And for that, I am sorry, no, no game shaming here. Past the pigs is a fine pressure luck pig rolling game. Hey, oh, I, I edited that out, by the way. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. It's still there. You thought really? you did. Oh, yeah, it was still there. Oh, you yep. must have made multiple comments because I edited part of it out. Oh. You must have really dogged it. You're really pigged it. <laughs> I, really pig, I really kicked that pig. <laughs> so I apologize. I like it. It was, it was one, of, one of the early little games like that that I had played. I enjoyed it. But Zombie Dice is a better pressure luck game where you're rolling dice. And it's really good. If you like brains, because you win if you're the first zombie to eat 13 brains. This is one that, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's designed by Steve Jackson. The art's by Alex Fernandez and published by Steve Jackson Games. And, you know, in Zombie Dice, you've got this bag of custom dice that has different icons on them, like brains or shotgun blast or footprint icons. And so the dice are either going to be green or yellow or red. And the green have more brains on them. The yellow have equal number of icons. And the red have more shotgun blast. And so on your turn, you're going to draw three dice from the bag and you're going to roll them. You're basically always going to be rolling three dice. Okay. Whatever brains you roll, you're going to set those aside. Whatever shotgun blast you roll, you're going to set those aside. Any footprints you roll, you can choose to re-roll. And if you do, then you can draw from the bag up to a total of like three dice to roll. So for instance, if you roll one brain, one shotgun, and one footprint, and you want to keep going, you just take your footprint and then draw two more dice from the bag, and then you roll those three. And you keep rolling. Whenever you choose to stop your turn, you score how many brains you've rolled. And again, the goal is to score 13 brains. Um, so if you stop, you, like I roll three brains, I'm going to stop, I'm going to score those three, I'm going to pass the dice to the next person. But if you choose to press your luck, and if you choose to keep rolling and trying to get more brains, but you end up rolling a total of three shotguns, your turn automatically ends and you score no brains. That's basically how you play zombie dice. Very similar to something like Pass the Pigs. However, the Horde Edition adds a, a few expansions. It adds a hottie die and a hunk die. So the hottie die, which is black and pink, the hunk die is black and white. You know, and it's funny, the hottie die on the footprints, they look like high heel footprints. You know, uh, whatever stereotypes you have with that. Um, yeah, that's what it is. So you, if you have the hunk die, let's say you have the hunk die in your brain pile, but you're still rolling the hottie die and the hottie rolls a shotgun. Well, then she rescues him and that dice goes, comes back out of your brain pile or, or vice versa. You know, the same thing can happen the other way around. Um, the Horde Edition also adds a Santa die as in Santa Claus. And he's got a few different icons on there. Like he's got a, a present side, which is like two brains. You know, you can get two brains if you're rolling Santa. Um, he also has an energy drink icon on his die, which converts all of your footprints into brains because you've got all this energy. So you can go catch all those people that are running away from you because, I mean, that's basically what the footprints are, victims that are getting away. But if you roll an energy drink, then all your footprints become brains because you got them. Um, there's also a helmet icon on the Santa die, which makes you harder to kill. Instead of three shotgun blasts, it takes four. <laughs> this is the best part. The Horde Edition also comes with a school bus die. Which is a which also known as the lunch wagon. Okay, <laughs> according to the rule book, this is a big yellow D twelve 
right? With a bunch of different icons on them. It's got multiple combinations oh of, oh, yes, is great. Multiple combinations of brains and shotguns, as well as some other things like tire marks, which means you've gotten run over and you have to lose one of your brains. Or it has a dead end sign on there that turns all of your footprints to brains. And, and there's a whole bunch more stuff on there. This, <laughs> this, is, this is silly. I taught this to the field the other night when we were playing Welcome To. And uh, we played with a school bus, which I always will. And um, man, I wish I was in Vegas playing this because my rolls were fire. <laughs> I was I was rolling brains left and right. That game was over in just a couple of rounds. Um, Phil's rolls should have been fired, right? I think he rolled like four shotguns by his second roll every time. Yeah, and and, and I, I never rolled any. I, I never got shotgunned out at all. It was just brains, glorious brains all the time. It was like a Vegas buffet of brains. It was amazing. Um, again, game was over in two or three rounds and then we bagged them up and rolled them again. It, this is quick, easy, silly pressure luck fun. Um, I really like playing this, especially like the beginning of a game night or a party night, that kind of deal. You, you can play with as many people as you want. It's a, it's a blast. Have you ever played zombie dice or, or the horde edition specifically? I have played zombie dice and I used to play this okay. quite a bit actually, yeah. uh, early on in, in gaming and, yeah, this is a this is a really fun one. This actually makes me I don't own this either any edition mm. and this makes me want to pick this up Darren cuz I I used to have a lot of fun with this. It, again, I I love it at the beginning of nights especially or at the end. Um this is one okay, like the horde edition specifically. If you go to some place like Amazon whatever, it's going to be like $30, which just feels too much for a few dice. Um but if you go to a place like Game Nerds or something like that, you can probably pick it up for 20, 21. In our little scale of past player purchase, this is definitely a purchase for me. If you can find it cheap, pick it up. I have a hard time spending thirty bucks on it, but if you can get it around twenty, um, then that's a little more tempting. I think it's I think it's worth it. It's good, silly fun. You'll keep coming back to it over and over again. To put it one way, it's to die for. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad they came up with this this version of it because that does that sounds even more exciting and and just silly fun and. Again, the, the original one, it's just simple, just the the simple rule set of what you're talking about. And it's it was a good yeah. time. Yeah. And the others, you can combine the hottie die and the hunk die with Santa or play them on their own, play Santa on his own, just a school bus on its own. You can throw them all in. It's a, it's a hot mess when you do that, but it can be a lot of fun. That is Zombie Dice, the Horde edition. All right. Well, that's uh, some good times. This is our <laughs> last episode of talking about these fall games and these these Halloween games. So not that we're never going to talk about them out of season or anything like that, but we've talked about them a lot. I'm I'm maybe even a little sad to be moving <laughs> past this phase. But before we move on beyond this phase, we're going to talk about our top five favorite fall board games. All right, residents of Meeple Town, we are back and we are ready to talk about our top five favorite games to play in the fall. But right before we do that, we did throw a question out into the Discord and into the into the guild on, on Board Game Geek, Guild 3407. And we put this out there just asking you what your favorite non-spooky game was to play in the fall. You know, we, like, like Dean just said, we talked a lot about uh, creepy games, spooky games, Halloween-themed games. But what about games that are just maybe appropriate to play in the fall season? Not necessarily spooky, but just things that evoke fall for you. Dean, I'm just curious, what, what does evoke fall for you? Like what feels or smells or looks like fall for you? Yeah, well, I was, I was kind of thinking of this 
um, non-board game, right? We can, this can be anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Non-board so, game. So a few things. One, football does that. Um, once the football season starts, I, and that's American football, yeah. I get excited and start thinking, oh, okay. Then when you get that, that chill crisp in the, you know, the crisp mm-hmm. chill in the air, that like it takes the next step. And then there's a few movies that we just kind of start watching. Um, one of those being the maybe the best fall specific movie, and I haven't even watched it this year yet, but it's Dan in Real Life is I would say probably my favorite hmm. fall movie. I don't think it's I know not that. Halloween, it's fall. And yeah. it's it's a really good movie with um Steve Carell and some other pretty famous people. It, it's it, you have never seen that? I've never seen I've never heard of it, but for some reason I figured Steve Carell was in that. I don't know how I yeah. knew that. Maybe it's in my subconscious or I don't know. Oh, it is it's fantastic. It's okay. one of my favorite movies of all time. The the soundtrack is fantastic too. Sandre Lerche does most of the music in that. It's Anyway, good good stuff. You gotta you gotta watch cool. this. Yeah, I have to do that. Yeah, for, for for me, you know, fall is like you said. It's it's that little bit of a of a crisp chill. It's campfires. It's pumpkin spice lattes. It's uh, it's it's pumpkin. How, how many have you had pumpkin spice lattes? You know, you slow down a little. Honestly, I haven't had that many since the fall menu hit at Starbucks. I maybe get one like every other week. You know. Okay. Uh, I've probably had a, maybe a few more consistently this this time around because they've had a lot of double star days on, uh, you know, if you buy, you know, anytime you buy one this week, you know, you get double stars or something. So uh, marketing works, ladies and gentlemen, marketing works. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, those kind of things, corn mazes, especially up here, you know, you got lots of corn mazes, all those things just evoke oh, yeah. fall um, for me. And so I was really curious to see what Meeple Town thought about this because I know you and I are very thematic in basically everything that we, <laughs> you know, everything that we do, but does Meeple Town reciprocate that? And so we've had a few interesting responses. I didn't quite know how this question would go, but, um, but I have been encouraged about this. Uh, Peter Schott on the, in the guild on, on BGG says he doesn't know if he has a favorite fall themed game, uh, maybe Creature Comforts or Everdale. It says Cascadia might fit as well. Something that evokes those outdoor images now that um, <laughs> now that we've reached temps in Texas that mean we don't combust when we walk out the door. Oh, yeah, uh, I bet. <laughs> I can feel that. Yeah, I would definitely be wanting to seek out something that makes me feel a little bit cooler. And um, oh, that's fantastic. Those are some good, good games there. Michael Davis says, and thank you, Michael. Um, you're my new favorite person. Michael says, first of all, let me say that I love this for a topic discussion. Having games associated with particular themes of year is great. Mm-hmm. Soul partner right there. Love it. He says his first one is viticulture. He lives in a wine producing area and fall is crush season. You know, I didn't even think about, think about that. That is fascinating. I did. I considered, did you? I considered viticulture for my list. Mm. That is interesting. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, Michael did a good job of thinking outside the box here. This is sort of wh- where my brain goes sometimes, but uh, but he went above and beyond. He says, also 1960, the making of a president. This one is more specifically November with election day falling in early November. Ooh, good call. Good yeah, call. I mean, think about that. That's cool too. Lastly, he throws in Clue, maybe spooky adjacent, but his personal reading habits tend to switch to mysteries in September and move on to thriller horror in October and then back to mysteries in November. And so Clue... In mm. September and uh, in November work for for him. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's that's yeah. clever. We, we I like that a lot. My, that was one of my wife's favorite 
uh, I was going to say movies. Actually, that's one of the movies <laughs> we watch every year too. That is a um, great one. Yes, yeah, but games also because of the movie for her. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I would say Michael crushed it like a Michael great did crush it. list. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 delicious. Uh, Kelly Lamb, lastly in the discourse, says Castles of Burgundy special edition is so beautiful in Cascadia. That's cool. I like that. I can dig that. Considered both of those for my list too. They were they were on my list of like games. Actually, Castles of Tuscany I put on my list. Mm. But, so basically, Maple Town Dean just said he hates your games. That's yep. that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> well, I said it was on my short list. <laughs> Nick um, on the Discord says Uwe Rosenberg's Indian Summer looked like it was nice, calming fall style game. You know, that's not one I've played, but I do really dig the look of that. That's one that I think Mike can make my list one day. What about you? Have you played Indian Summer? Of course you have. Yeah. John, was it? It was John had all those or a couple of those games. There was three okay. in that series, if I remember right. And uh, Indian, Indian Summer, uh, Indian, what was it called? Indian, Indian Summer. Summer. It is Indian Summer. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, that is one of the ones that I played. It's a really cool one. In fact, th- you don't like app versions of games, but this is or was an app that was yeah. done really well, if I remember right. Hmm. I think that's I think that's right. Cool. I think it's available. I guess I could cool. look it up. But, that's yeah. good for app people. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the um, uh, Captain Maki, Eric, says, the board game embodiment of the beautiful fall colors is photosynthesis which he also thinks is a good game in his opinion. <laughs> Darren, Darren is, is showing his cards right now. Yes. Indian summer is an app that I do okay. have on my phone. And that is one I've played quite a bit. Fantastic. Have you played photosynthesis quite a bit? I played photosynthesis years ago. If I, I think I did, I, I remember pretty sure I've played this one. I just don't remember much about it. Gotcha. You hate it. Yep. <laughs> it, you know, I, I I definitely think it, with anything with leaves falling and, and trees changing color, I think it definitely evoked that. that. That would be a great game for this list. I'm not a huge fan of the game. My brain doesn't like to plan turns ahead that far in advance. And um, I'm okay being mean in some games, but this one feels like there's a little extra initiative or incense. What's the word? I can't even say it. Incentive um, to be mean to others or them to be mean to you and I don't know. It's an aggravating game, <laughs> in my opinion. But uh, you but were going to say insensitive. <laughs> I was going to say is, insensitive. It is insensitive, which I guess is also appropriate. Yes, um, but no, it is. Um, I know so many people love that game. That's awesome. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. We also see, and this is one that I've not played, but now that I want to, BJ, uh, BJ says three sisters. Which isn't that part of the um, the trilogy of or the series? Of Roll and Write games? That's right. Because they'll have a fourth one that's coming out that was already kickstarted, the uh, French Quarter. But yeah, it's with the Motor City and, um, oh my goodness, I'm looking at the box in my mind. Fleet. Fleet the Dice game. Okay, right, right. Yeah, that's one I'd like to try again for this time of year. If you show me this any other time of year, I probably wouldn't be interested. But just looking at those pictures and reading the description, I'm going to play this now, BJ. So thanks a lot for costing me money. And then lastly, Nate. Um, says trying to bring the Halloween back into it. I get it, Nate, the Halloween edition of patchwork. Um, yes, agreed. That is a great game for this time of year. I do like me some patchwork. I do have the Halloween and the Christmas edition both. And that's about the only time that we play those games because of the theme in them. And because my wife beats me at them all the time. And so I don't break them out a whole lot. (laughs) 
But uh, but yeah, so thank you, Meeple Town, for sharing your favorite games. Dean and I are now going to be talking about our favorite games in the fall. But, but, but Dean, I'm curious, though, before we get into the list, I know we talked a little bit about what evokes fall for us. But I, I'm wondering, we may have still gone about making this list differently. So what were some of the the thought processes for you making this this list? Because I know we wanted to do it because, you know, not everybody does spooky and and not everybody does, you know, seasonal thematic stuff. But but I think we do. So, you know, um, I know I love this kind of stuff. I want to experience each season with all my senses, with foods and drinks and music and movies and activities and board games. We decorate the house. I, I rearrange board games every season of the year and to make sure certain games that reflect that season kind of show out. Um, all that stuff means, means fall to me. And so trying to think about what that means to this list, what did that mean to, to you? How did you come about making this list? Yeah, it's funny because you, you really, you can go in a lot of different places. I mostly drink black coffee, but the other day I drank a pumpkin spice chai tea. That was a really Mm. good coffee, local coffee shop here at Just Love. And I, if I had played a chai game, I might put that on the list just because it would remind me of that, right? So it's not necessarily specific to the fall season, but it is how does it make me feel? Now, because of the leaves changing and the weather, you know, getting cooler and all that, that tends to be where my mind goes. But, you know, again, I mentioned football earlier. So football could be a, a game that was on my list. It's not, but could be. And 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 that would be okay. So I, this is a, a very... Uh, vague list, not vague, specific to me, but it's not, it's a broad list for the general population. I feel like, is that a, is that a good way of saying that? Yeah, I think so. I think that What about works. you? Yeah. I th- um, very, very similarly. I was thinking about games that, that mean fall to me. And so when I was making this list, I ranked them um, kind of in order of ways that I would I rank them in order of the way that I want to play them during the season, not necessarily by which one is the best game or the best overall game, but which one I most want to play between September and November, you know, and um, all those different things that, that, you know, that we mentioned, um, they all kind of touch on that a little bit. I'm sure we'll talk about that as we talk about these games, but, but yeah, I'm very excited. I think this is kind of a, a unique deal. So I'm curious to see what comes out of this this conversation. I know you posted your list. I've not really looked at it though, so this will still be okay. a surprise for me. <laughs> well, so the first one's kind of interesting because it's not necessarily. You might not even think that this is a fall thing, but it is in fact a fall period of time that this just took place. And the game is The Goonies Never Say Die. Goonies Never Say Die. This is my hmm. pick. It was a 2021 release by Prospero Hall. Came out by uh, published by Funko Games. We got a review copy of this uh, when this came out, and I really enjoyed my plays of it. I've actually not played it this year yet, um, but it, that is very—it's very possible that I'll get a play of that here coming up soon. But in this game, you are one person is taking on the role of the the Goondock Master, like that. Um, I love are that. You, are you a are you a Goonies fan? By the way, I should start off there. I, I should have started remember. off there. Actually, I should have asked you that during the interview is what I should have done if you're fit for Meeple Town. <laughs> yes, I know I've taken some flack for not liking The Office, but I can assure you I am a Goonies fan. I really enjoyed that watching. I enjoyed watching that as a kid. Uh, I would enjoy watching it now. I really enjoy watching and right now I cannot remember the actor's name, but um, 
the ah, oh, what is his name in the in the movie? He's in Loki season two right now. He's Ob in Loki season two. The character, the the actor that plays Ob, Data. Data was Data in in Goonies, and also won like what a best actor award or best supporting actor award in uh, the last Oscars in the Indiana Jones was it? <laughs> no, not that movie, but same kid. You know, I, I love uh, it. I love either way. I'll have to say I love Goonies. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I, I I love it too. And okay, let me start off by saying that before I explain the game itself, Dean, why is this a fall game? Well, it takes place according to the internet. It takes place October 24th, I believe. October 24th, 1985. Now, Darren, if you are a movie, 80s movie history buff, do you know when the Back to the Future takes place? Why When Back to the Future takes place? Oh, uh, yeah, in October uh, 1985. Yeah, that's right. They're that's within, exciting. potentially, in the timeline. So you have some people say there's a newspaper... Um, from the uh, Fratelli's uh, that show their picture on it. And then there's a date of October 24th. I believe mm. Back to the Future is October 26th, I believe. And so the 25th is when they're actually exploring in the uh, in the in the cave in the Goonies. And then Back to the Future is the next day. Pretty cool, huh? Some people will say it's the exact same timeline. I don't I don't know if I buy into that based on the facts, but you don't care about all of those facts. What you care about is why is this game on your, on your list? Well, that's part of it. I love the movie. It's my favorite eighties movie. I love this setting, but I also love the way the game plays out because you have a goondocks master who is acting like the, the dungeon master and they're going to be controlling the, the different, uh, kind of villains on the board and the, um, uh, the Fratellis and, uh, you know, potentially the, the one-eyed Willie character, all of that. And then you have the other characters who are the Goonies and they are in the base game. You've got the, you've got Mikey and mouth chunk data sloth. And then you also have the, uh, um, you have uh, miniatures by the way, for the giant octopus and for which is pretty cool. And even one-eyed Willie, but then you get the expansion. You've got, um, Oh goodness. You've got Steph. You've got, brand and then my mind just went blank on the other character that's in that one uh oh man this is terrible but anyway you get the different uh characters they're not actually the goonies but they are characters that you can use by using that andy there we go that's her name andy and that's it it's 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 dungeon in dragons-esque i guess Mm. you've got this book that kind of gives you scenarios that you can go through or scenarios that you will go through nine scenarios that are in that in that base game and then um you're kind of setting up traps and things like that to to kind of stop the the traps yeah yep (laughs) that's what i said (laughs) that's why i said booty traps uh that's a great reference and that's it. Um, but it is, it's one of those games where it's, it's one versus many. And so the one can be really mean and just like really load up, or you can just make sure that they have a good experience, which is typically the way that I play. And I just, I love it. I love immersing myself in that world. Love this game. I've taken way too much time talking about movies <laughs> and I apologize that that will not be the case for the rest of this list, but that's my number five. The Goonies never say die. Yeah, that's interesting. I've I've not played this one. I've games that have like a, a GM to run them, a in this case a Goondock Master, 
just isn't necessarily one that that grabs me. But if someone were to sit down and say, hey, you want to play a game with the Goonies and they knew what was going on, I could just take me through it. Sure, I'd be happy to play that. But um, great movie, cool looking game. Not sure if it's one that for me, but I'm still not quite sure how, how it evokes the, the fall feel other than it's just creepy and that it took place in the fall. Is that what you're saying? I tend to watch Goonies in the fall season. There you go. Um, so it takes place in the fall, but also because it has you know, the, the pirate theme and the exploring the dungeon theme. It gives me, it gives me those feels that I would get in the fall time. Gotcha. I get it. The other ones on my list are probably a little more straightforward than this one is, but this is more of a Dean specific game. I think. No, that's totally cool. As I feel like most of mine are going to be Darren specific. So, but that's okay. Um, we all have our things, man. So my number five, uh, Dean kind of alluded to earlier, when it comes fall time, one of the first things that people think of is football season. And so for me, uh, a game that really, if I'm ever going to play it, it's only going to be in the fall, maybe around playoff time, but that's going to be Football Highlights 2052. This is a 2019 game designed by Mike Fitzgerald, uh, the arts by Garrett Kaida and Franz Volwinkel, published by Eagle Griffin Games. One to four player game, but really it's a head to head game. Am I right, Dean? I mean, really you're just playing head to head, but you can have multiple people playing head to head, right? Almost like tournament style. Um, yeah, well, you know how I feel if about you baseball wanted. highlights, right? This one is more of that head to head. You don't necessarily have to be playing in a tournament mm. tournament style. Although, again, I like I like playing the tournament style. Yeah. So, and again, that's not something I've ever done yet, but if you're playing this game just straight up, it should last somewhere around 45 to 60 minutes. And like Dean said, this is sort of in the baseball highlights, 2045 universe. Um, this is the younger sibling of, of that. It is a deck building game. It's a hand management game, um, but not quite like baseball highlights. It doesn't have, uh, the same kind of deck building necessarily. It's not like you're playing a full football game either. This is just the highlights. You're going to play two halves. Each half players are going to alternate playing 10 cards. Um, each card is going to represent an offensive and a defensive play, uh, both of which are used to resolve your opponents and your own plays. So for instance, you might play a card because each card has got offense on one hand and defense on the other. So the first player might play their offense card down or play their card down with the offense um, icons pointing at their opponent. Then the other player will play their card with the defense icons pointing pointing towards their opponent. And uh, each card you play is going to have some type of some type of play that you're calling. It's going to have some type of uh, reaction that could happen. It's also going to have these, these icons. The offensive side will have some football icons. The defensive side will have some helmet icons. And if the helmet icon for the defender is in the same location as the football icon, of the, the offensive player, then like you, you lose five yards automatically on that play. Correct. Or, or something along those lines. Um, it's been a while since I, since I've played this. And so you're actually keeping track of your yardage on the game board on the main board. You each have a, a separate track with a football that's moving down a little like 50 yard field. And so that's how you're keeping up with your yardage. If there's, so if you lose yardage, you're going to move your football back on that track. If you, if there's no helmet blocking your football, then you're going to gain those yards. Uh, there that are listed on your card. There's also going to be some situations that will happen where you will flip over an action deck that will tell you uh, maybe something else that happens. Again, it's kind of random. You don't really have a lot of control over that. And you can take it or leave it. 
Um, but some really cool, interesting things will happen from there. Like, um, you know, sometimes penalties happen and you'll end up losing yardage anyway, or sometimes plays are even bigger than you thought they were going to be. And so this is a really quick uh, playing game. Um, once you resolve those cards, basically what you're going to do is the offensive player is going to remove their card. The defender is going to just turn their card around. So now that same card is now their offensive card. And the other player is now going to pick out a new card to play down for defense. And you just kind of keep going back and forth like that. Play a card, resolve it, turn it around, play a new card. And you do that for half. And at halftime, you're going to, you've got some other cards you can draft to maybe make your deck a little bit better, make your team a little bit better. Because in real life, that's what happens, right? At halftime, teams go out and they get better players and they bring them in and play the second half better. That's that's real life, right? Right, Dean? Isn't that what yeah, happens? Can be. Yep. So, so, so very <laughs> realistic in that point. Um, Again, it's some of the neat things I like about this is one, there's not a whole lot of football games out there that I know of, or at least none that have ever really interested me. And this one does give me the football feels. I like it. Um, I like some of the interesting things they do. Like I do like the fact that uh, both genders are represented on these cards. You've got male and female players on the cards and uh, it does play solo and solo. The solo deck is interesting that you're playing against. You're playing against these all-stars and just like the baseball highlights, what they're doing, you, you start with like four teams in the deck and in, in the box, four, four decks of teams in the box. And um, they always take names of players from those teams and kind of combine them. Like for instance, the, one of the teams there has a, a T Y luck, like back in the day when you're like Andrew mm-hmm. luck and T Y right now, his name escapes me. Uh, there you go. So they'll like take names of players and combine them. You might have like a like a Reggie Brady kind of thing or something, you know, where you're mixing up famous players. The solo deck does that, but with board game personalities. I don't know if you ever paid attention to this, Dean, but there is like a Tom Garcia, referencing Tom Vassell and Z Garcia from the Dice Tower in that solo deck. There is a... Ah, uh, I yeah, did not. Yeah. I don't know if I've soloed <laughs> this one, though. Uh, that, that's the main way I've played it. Nobody wants to play football games with me, which is part of the reason why this is number five, <laughs> but, um, this is, but there's like a, uh, a Richard Canizia, you know, there's a, a, um, a Rob Leacock and like a Matthew Davio and mm. those, uh, there's, there's a, there's a Cromer, there's a Kiesling. It's just, Dean there's Feld. So what? Dean Feld. <laughs> Dean Feld. There probably is somewhere in there. I don't think that's right. <laughs> but, <laughs> There's a lot of cute things in it. Um, again, this is one that I would not give this to a football fan to just pick up and play because I think it's kind of clunky to learn. The rule book isn't great. But I would love to sit down and teach this to someone who likes playing football. Like while we're playing, like like while we're watching football, this is a fun game to play while you're watching it, I think. Um, it's kind of neat. It's kind of exciting. It really kind of fits that fall, crispy football season and I think you've played this a whole lot more than I have and like it more than I do probably as well. Yeah, I really like this game a lot. Dean Dean Frudenthal, that's what we need. We need that promo <laughs> card, Dean Frudenthal, in there. Come on, Mike but, Fitzgerald, get with it. <laughs> but yeah, oh no, I, re- I really do like this game. And it's actually maybe even grown on me more. I, when I first, we reviewed this when it first came out. And uh, I don't get it to the table a ton for the same reason. Baseball highlights seems to be much easier to get to the table, but yeah. I've played the app a ton and I've played it, you know, I've, I've played the physical version a decent amount too, but it's, it's good. That's a great pick. The only reason it's not on my list is because I thought I could get away with you having this <laughs> on your list. 
you made your list first. I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll leave that off there. So we got an extra game to talk about. Cheater. It was actually probably somewhere around six, seven on my list is, is my gotcha. Well, that was my number five football highlights, 2052. My number four is a game that's already been talked about by BJ. And that's why I didn't say anything about it earlier. This is three sisters from the uh, pinchback riddle, riddle pinchback designers the design team this is the you know in that series the second one in that series behind fleet the dice game and in this one is a roll and write game where you're going to be rolling dice you're going to be uh drafting them and then taking the actions based on the die number as well as the the position that they're in and then crossing off places on the board and there's lots of different ways to go about getting points in this one you're not locked into doing specific things and especially when you look at the your oh whatever that right side of the board is the with the shed and all those different actions uh different ways of kind of building up your um boosting your engine i guess and uh, i i like that i like that a lot i think it's a lot of fun all of these games have been a lot of fun this one actually does evoke strong fall themes and the the theme of it is that you are you are planting these uh, three sisters, the crops of corn and beans and squash or pumpkins is what is in the game. And uh, they all benefit each other and grow better because of growing with each other, which I think is really cool. But the pumpkins really is what makes this game shine. It's all over the game, all over the game board and uh, the box and everything. And so that's what makes it feel very folly. And I, I tend to play the uh, sister song in the background from White Christmas. That was a joke, but yep, that's a joke. I don't do that because that would that would evoke feelings of of Christmas and the winter, and we're not ready for that yet. So I couldn't tell about walking through the, the supermarket though. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you. That's very true. <laughs> no, that's very true. There's all kinds of Christmas decorations in the, the yeah. WalMarts these days. But yeah. anyway, that's that's three sisters. You said you had not played this one. I have not, but I think after, and I, and I remember seeing it and I didn't really have any interest in it when it, when it originally came out, but I don't know, man, something about after playing welcome to the other night, I'm in this mood to play some cool fall themed rolling rights. I really want to play this right now. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you should now know that this is a very thinky one. You're, oh, you're you calling me stupid. <laughs> you calling me stupid. This is not for people with ranger size, Darren. This you need to have a certain level of intelligence to be able to play this game. Wow! Anytime you have a section on your board for notes, uh, you know that this game means business. That's a good um, point. You do need to be able to take notes because you you have because this thing triggers this thing triggers this thing. You want to make sure that you're not forgetting things along the way. But if you have a high level of intel- intelligence, I highly recommend my number four, Three Sisters. Can we pause right there for just a second so I can go down and get some more hot coffee? All right, Darren, that's my number four. What's your lesser intelligent number four? Well, now that I have been properly insulted, let me prove my mental prowess (laughs) by saying my number four is a 2017 game that is oftentimes rated the number one solo game of all time, and that is Spirit Island. This is, is not heavy, a dumb game. That's right. This is a heavy duty four point whatever on BGG weight. So get some, Dean. 
<laughs> this one is designed by our Eric Roos. Um, many, many artists on this and published by Greater Than Games. Plays one to four players, 90 to 120 minutes. Um, this is a cooperative game where each player is a unique spirit with their own unique powers. And uh, they're trying to help the indigenous people of the island, the Dahan, drive off the European colonizers. This is... Okay, so while this is on your fall list, this is a great game to play around Indigenous Peoples Day, also known as Columbus Day. Uh, you know, typically that second Monday in October, and you know, you're trying to playfully participate in stopping and undoing colonization. Um, I love this game during this this time of year. Yeah. Because in the game, uh, as a spirit, you're trying to grow your presence on the island, which makes you more powerful. And the more presence tokens you put out the more action cards you're going to be able to play and the more energy you're going to be able to gain to play those cards. And so um, just about all of your actions are going to be simultaneous. Like if you're playing for multiple players, it really doesn't matter, uh, which is one reason why this is such a big solo game is because most of the actions are going to be simultaneous. So not much of a chance of alpha gaming here being that it's cooperative. Some of the cards you play, you will play before the invaders turn and some won't activate until afterwards. And so that's part of the hand management fun, knowing what to play or knowing what to play that may trigger early or may trigger late uh, based on what you think they may do. And basically, you're just trying to kill or run off the invaders by striking fear into their hearts and by supporting the Dahan as they fight. And so the, the invaders have their own deck of cards that's going to flip out, that's going to cause their little <clears throat> white meeples to uh, explore the land or to build cities and towns, or to cause blight on the land. And that blight spreads very quickly. Like if blight comes up and there's already some blight in the land, not only does it add blight there, but it also adds blight to any adjacent areas to that. I mean, it spreads really quickly, kind of like pandemic style when those outbreaks happen. Same kind of deal here. Bad, bad stuff. Um, so the game is hard, you know, because those invaders do spread pretty, pretty quickly. But um, one thing that's also interesting is that as you play more into the game, there's different nationalities of invaders that you can play with, and they all have some different unique rules that go along with it. Um, you've you've played this. You, you like this game. Um, again, I think this is one you've played a whole lot more than than I have. Maybe so. Yeah, I've played this one a lot. We did a review of this one years ago. Also did, um, I reviewed the digital copy of this the, from the, we okay. got a review, review copy of that. Uh, it's been a few years now and that's what really got me into the game honestly but yeah mm. this is a really fun one i'm real glad that they also a little surprised that they ended up putting this one in target i don't know if it's in other places but they have the horizons i think is what it's called horizons yeah. of spirit island which is this same game just a um you have different factions you have uh lesser quality of game components and a much cheaper price but Still a pretty heavy game to put in Target, I think. Yeah, I've heard that it's supposed to be a little more streamlined and easier spirits to get into. So, of course, all the spirits are different than any other expansion they've released. So, if nothing else, people can pick it up just to have more spirits to play with. But, yeah, in theory, it's supposed to be easier to get into. I'm not so sure that it that it is from what I've heard. That wasn't but, my experience with it. Okay. <laughs> John John picked this one up and then gotcha. we played it just to see. And maybe, maybe they are a little bit simpler, but I don't think yeah. the the spirits aren't what make the game difficult. It's just the, you know, beating you in the face and the, the <laughs> challenging, you know, the, the, the trial of, you know, what types of cards to play, yep. the delay cards or the immediate effect cards, which yeah. is, you know, really a big crux of the game. I love that, but yeah. it was a great pick and, and very, very thematic 
unfortunately, but it is. <laughs> unfortunately for the season. Yeah. I, I think this is one that'll go up for me. I think right now it's this low just because um, I really want to play it with people. But like I said, it's a much better solo game. Cindy and I played it. I'm not sure she even finished the game. It stressed her out too much. I think it's just sometimes easier to solve this kind of puzzle by yourself. And so, um, and again, it doesn't really matter because the actions you're taking are simultaneously anyway. But but yeah, very, very thematic for this season in many ways and uh, just kind of appropriate. So yeah, that's my number four, Spirit Island. Very cool. I like it. The My number three is a game that I actually talked about uh, a couple months ago. This is from Devere Games. It's a card game called Savernake or uh, Savernake Forest. And this is a... Uh, it is a kind of a card game where you're going to be putting out these square cards out onto your tableau and some are going to be little forest critters that are going to give you they're going to be worth points they're going to tell you what kind of food they want to be able to get points and there's um, other things that they'll do to allow you to tell you how far you can travel along the path or whatever and um the other cards are the path cards, the, and they have food on there. And depending on how far along that path you can go to get the different food, you're going to get points that way as well. This is a really, really good, quick, easy-to-teach game that my wife and I have really enjoyed playing. But it is very much a fall theme. The art on this invokes invokes those fall themes. Very colorful leaves out on the board. The woodland critters are really cute and ah, just a really well done game probably one honestly that's going to get overlooked a little bit because there's so many of these like small box card games out there but for one that is seasonal and quick easy to teach this is this is a big hit for us we've we've really enjoyed this one yeah i remember asking you about borrowing this one to play and you told me no yep you can't i'll teach you i'll i'll uh <laughs> I'm happy to bring it and teach you this game, but it's going to be winter when we play. It's way too late to play this. <laughs> Maybe next fall then. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is a, this is a great pick Dean. Way, way yep. to go. Yeah. My number three, <laughs> Savernake Forest. Yeah, I agree. It is a good pick. My number three, I hope you also feel is a good pick. This is a 2015 game. Again, not, not from my, um, culture or from personal experience, but this does, um, I think help experience some of the season in other cultures. This is Lanterns, the Harvest Festival. Now, again, this appears to be based on the Mid-Autumn Festival, which happens around the Harvest Moon lunar event that usually falls, again, between that mid-September to early October time period, usually celebrated in many Asian countries. And though the game doesn't necessarily claim that that's what this is representing, as far as I can tell, um, it, it still kind of evokes some of that. It may be a fictional, you know, a, a fictional setting for this, but it does evoke some of that same kind of imagery. It's a beautiful looking, simple domino style tile laying game designed by Christopher Chung. The art is by Beth Sobel and it's published by Foxtrot Games and Renegade Game Studio. And in the game, you're decorating the palace lake with floating lanterns by placing a square lake tile from your hand uh, adjacent to a tile that's already in the middle of the table. And each side of these square tiles has um, different lanterns, uh, co different colored lanterns on each side of the tile. And so when you place the tile, each player will get a lantern card 
matching the color that's pointing towards them, like at their position around the table. So like seating in this game does kind of matter. It makes it a little bit easier. If you're sitting in a square, that's perfect. If not, sometimes you got to fudge a little bit. So you place a tile and whatever color is facing that player, they get a lantern card matching that color. And if the side of the tile you placed matches the same color of the side that it's now touching, you get an additional lantern card of that color. And eventually you're just trying to collect sets of different colored lantern cards so you can make dedications, which is basically just turning in these cards um, in various ways for different types of point tiles that are stacked in descending order of value, meaning you know, the tiles on the top of those dedication stacks are going to be worth more than those on the bottom. So trading stuff in earlier um, has a higher reward. So either way, once you've done that, you draw another tile and you'll just kind of keep doing that until all the tiles are placed and then you count up your points. It's a simple game. Um, I like it because I can teach and play this with anyone. It's almost it's almost kind of a beer and pretzels type game uh, or maybe a, a candy corn and cider type game. It's just a, an easy one to sit down and, and play while you're doing other things. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. And again, it sort of takes place during that harvest time um, from a different culture that, that I find interesting. Again, even though the setting may be fictional, it still kind of evokes that. And that's why it is my number three. All right. Great. Number three pick for you. Uh, this is a fun game. It's been a long time since I've played this one. I need to pick this back up and yep. check it out. But yeah, I played this one early on. What Did you say when that released, Aaron? Uh, I think I did. But in case I didn't, 2015 was when it came 2015. out. Okay. Oh, okay. Less. I guess it wasn't as long ago as I thought it was, but okay. Yeah, great pick. My number two has some more woodland creature action going on, and this is Everdell. This one is from Starling Games, released initially in 2018. There's been a bazillion expansions for this one. It's also had the release of the giant box the size of a doghouse, I would say. You could fit a small dog in, inside of that box easily. No question. And or it could be a coffin for a small... No, never mind. I guess the Halloween games were, were a while back. Oh, man. Sorry. Wow. Okay. So in Everdell, you are building a tableau of cards and you are, it's worker placement and tableau building, um, which, which is unique. It's one of these games that has these multiple uh, different mechanisms that I really enjoy. But what brings out the big fall piece for me is the woodland creatures. You know, there's lots of these woodland creatures games that could have made my list, I think. And uh, I, I just figured I'd, I'd pick two. Stubborn <laughs> <laughs> Ake and, and this are, you know, they're the they're the only woodland creature ones that I put on my list, and and I'm I'm okay with that. But I just I love this game so much. It's a top ten ish, tip fifteen something around there game for me, and I don't anticipate that's going to go away. But part of that is the the gameplay is fantastic. But part of it is the setting that's created through these woodland creatures is is really fun as well. So that is my number two Everdale. Yeah, I contemplated this one. This one would be on my honorable mention list um, because, like you said, the the creatures, the 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 fact that you're going through the different seasons, like you are going through autumn or fall. Um, which, by the way, did you know? that in the in the UK they call the season autumn from the french word autumn and later from the latin autumnus but in the US we call it fall because leaves fall down uh, yep is that right i don't know i just read that on the internet somewhere 
<laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, the only reason why this this one didn't make my list was because it does kind of go through all four seasons. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll have a chance to talk about some other games because I know Dean will talk about Everdale. But yeah, I love the trying to stretch your turn out by placing workers and cards and that whole tension there. And it does, the warm colors here definitely evokes that fall fall season. Good, good pick. Did you know that Stonemaier Games is designing a game, a solo game based in the fall? They're going to call it Automa. <laughs> That's actually a decent fall. Came up with that joke. on the spot. How about that? <laughs> it's better All than right. the ones I've read on the internet for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, I got nothing. No, uh, you want to go ahead with my number two? Is that what Your you're saying? Two. My yep. number two, two, scootily do. My number two uh, comes from 2017. And again, this one is about the everyday life of the indigenous tribes of the Great Lake region. Um, which I'm, I'm near, you know, living up here in Indiana, you know, we're, we're near that area. And um, this is about the, the life of the indigenous tribes of this region during the seven years war between the French and the English, which is around 1756 to 1763. This is Wendake. Wendake is designed by Danilo Sabia, which also has been mentioned a lot here recently because uh, they are a co-designer of Rats of Wistar with Simone Luciani, one of the hot games from Essen, and one of the games that I will have one day. But Wendake, designed by uh, um, Danilo Sabia, and art by Alan Diamico, and published by Placenta Games, Renegade Game Studios, one to four players, 60 to 120 minutes. This is a worker placement, area influence game, with a really cool action selection mechanism. I'm kind of shocked more games haven't done this. Remember, they have, and I just haven't played them. But in this game... You are a chief trying to have the most prosperous tribe after seven years or rounds. On your player board, uh, you have these four action markers and uh, a grid of nine action tiles. And so on your turn, you can use one of those markers to reserve turn order for the next round. uh, Or you can activate a tile on your player board. Now, if you do, the next two tiles you activate have to be in a straight line, like either orthogonally or diagonally uh, on your grid. And so whatever you're deciding will dictate kind of what your next two might might be. You can't just put them willy-nilly wherever you want. And so once everyone has taken their four turns, everybody takes their markers back, and then you flip those use tiles, those use action tiles over, meaning that you can't use them again until they refresh. So then you slide all the tiles down on your player board, until that bottom row is now off the board. Then you take those three tiles, you're going to replace one of them. You're going to choose, you're going to place one of them with an advanced action tile. You're going to shuffle them up and you're going to randomly put them back now on that empty top row of your player board. That's kind of how they will refresh. Does that make sense? What I'm saying there? Are you with me? Yep, I'm with you. Fantastic. So some of these actions you can be taking, you know, you can move warriors into other areas, little meeples. You can move them into other areas on the board and potentially um, fight the the your your opponents gaining control of that area. You can also um, place women or hunters in that area to produce certain resources. So some of the actions you can take, you can harvest or hunt or fish. And there's these really cool wooden pieces, these neat um, wooden painted pumpkins and corn and beans and pelts and fish. The, the resource components of this are just so cute and charming. Um, there's also some mask 
cards you're trying to set collect in order to move up this mask track for, for points. You've got these little canoe meeples you can put out uh, into some of the water spaces to help you with your movement and your trading across the board. Because that's another action you can do. You can trade. <laughs> this one cracks me up. You can trade by exchanging one resource for another resource. And just however many canoes you have will determine like how many resources you can trade. But you're trading them with, quote unquote, from the rule book, the white man. So when you do that, you then have to draw a card to see if you were infected with smallpox during this, this trading. So, and you could draw the card and hey, that's a clean blanket. Nothing bad happens. Or you can draw that card and it's a blanket infected with smallpox. And so now you have to lose one of your people that's on the board. Again, pretty, pretty thematic um, for again, this, this time of, of year. And um, I just, it just makes me laugh and also cry every time. And so there's also these four tracks that you're moving up. There's um, an economic, a ritual, a military, and a mask track. But at the beginning of the game, you're going to decide how you're going to pair them up because you're going to put two of them together and two of them together. And you can mix and match uh, each time you play to add a little variety to the game. But so what's going to happen is as you move up these tracks for the course of the game, again, they're in pairs, you're going to add together the two lowest scores from each pair that's going to be your combined score. And whoever has the highest score is going to be the winner. So you can't just like run away with one track and ignore something else because you're going to combine your two lowest scores from those four tracks, from those pairs and combine them. And that's your score. That's really clever. Uh, I like how it does that. Again, there's lots more stuff going on here, um, but it is a really good, solid Euro game. And Cindy and I, Cindy and I really like playing this one. I mean, just the overall look of it, the components, uh, they make me think of fall and Thanksgiving because, you know, when I was younger, we were pretty much made to play Pilgrim and Indian, you know, in school. Um, every mm -hmm. year, you kind of come around with the rituals and, hey, we're going to make these headbands and, hey, we're going to make these trash bag vests or, or shopping bag vests or whatever. You know, and again, not not cool, man. Um, but so we did all that, but we never really told some of the true stories about some of the atrocities that took place <laughs> between uh, the indigenous people and the, and, and the Europeans that came over. And so um, there's a part of me that unfortunately will always kind of associate some of that with this time of year. But there's something about this game that I really enjoy playing because you're kind of on, at least for me, on the other side of things, doing some of the daily life stuff. And yes, trading suspiciously with, with the Europeans. Um, so yeah, there's something weird in there that still evokes fall for me. And that combined with the gameplay of this is so fun. This is one of the, like my most underrated games ever. The only other people I've ever heard talk about this game is the Brothers Murph. They love this game. They talk about it quite a bit. And if it wasn't for them, I would have never found it. I adore this game and um, I haven't played it yet this season, but I guarantee you when November rolls around, I will. And it's um, it's good. It feels like fall and it's a blast. I need to check this one out. I, I am, I don't know if you knew this about me, Darren. I'm a proud member of the Sault Ste. Marie tribe of Chippewa Indians. Um, and so, which is, you know, in that, you know, the, the great lakes region mm. as well. And so in that, that Wendake region. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. I, I definitely want to check this one out. Um, it's kind of yeah, hard to get a hold of. It's okay. I think it's out of print. It's got an expansion, new allies that I really want. That's also, I think uh, potentially out of print. So maybe hard to track down, but if you can, uh, yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. It's good. Was there a deluxe version of this game printed as well, or maybe not? Maybe maybe I'm dreaming that up. 
I don't know. Uh, it would be okay. cool if there was. Like I said, it came out in 2017. I'm not, I'm not even sure how, whether that was a Kickstarter or retail or what have you. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I'll, I would like to check this one out. Maybe playing with you at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring it. We'll throw it on the pile. There we go. Throw it on the pile. It's not. Yeah. It's ranked 1100 overall, which is not terrible either. I mean, that's that's pretty good. 7.5 rating. No, I'm sorry to interrupt one more thing. I can remember an episode, maybe our first or second episode, you asked me some questions about what are some themes that someone was asking that are underrepresented in board games. And we, we talked about sports. You know, there's something to that. But this is another one. I feel like just the theme of, of indigenous peoples, uh, particularly here in North America, there's not a whole lot of games, especially not uh, games that aren't war games. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's unfortunate. Uh, but this is another one of those things that I feel like is unrepresented. And uh, but we need more games like Wendake. It's it's really good. So yeah, sorry to interrupt. Just want to throw that out there. Nope, you're good. I'll I will I'll definitely check that one out. Um, I'm pretty sure I said that last time and I never did, but I really am I'm interested in this one. All right, my number one is uh, no surprise if you've listened to the show for a long time. It's Keyflower. Uh, this is a auctioning game where you are. Uh, not auctioning, you're bidding on these on these tiles. I guess they're not up for auction per se. You're putting your meeples down to try to claim these different tiles, but also using those meeples to um, take actions on the tiles. And they're going to give you resources. They're going to allow you to move your uh, move your your different resources around your board so that you can upgrade the different hex tiles that you're going to be getting. This one can be a little bit of a cutthroat, I guess, because you are kind of messing people up uh, based on if they're if they're bidding on a tile and then you come in and take that one or or whatever. Um, there's different ways that you have a lot of player interaction in this game. You can also, if you've got a tile on your board, I can actually put my meeple on there on your board to be able to take that action, which doesn't, it's not a mean thing in and of itself, but it can mess you up because that might be an action that you wanted to be able to take. But the benefit is, if I take one of those tiles that somebody bids on and it has any meeples on top of it, or if you have a meeple on top of your tiles at the end of the round, when you're collecting all your stuff, then you're going to take that meeple. And now you've got, if you have it. And I, I love, I love that the aspect aspect of the different colors of the meeples, because it determines the auctioning. If I put a red tile down, or excuse me, a red meeple on to bid on this one, you can bid with two meeples, but they have to be the same color. And furthermore, if you want to be able to put a a meeple on top of the tile to take the action, it also has to match that color. So I love that aspect of it. You can also get green meeples, which are really rare. Um, So it it kind of makes it easier for you if you can get some green meeples to be able to use those to be able to bid. You're more likely to get it because most of the time people don't have a ton of those meeples. So love this game. And it does evoke that, that fall theme for sure of, you know, building building up this settlement you've got the the different boats that are coming in that are going to give you uh new people that you'll be able to work with you're kind of taking them into your settlement and and resources and uh different action tiles that you have so i love this game and in fact i could have put any of the the key games on this list the problem is i haven't played very many of them one of them that i have is key oh my goodness oh i forgot the name of it it's a game that I was about to get rid of. And then some guys were like, hey, don't get rid of that game. You need to you need to play it before you get rid of it. I had not played it. It is key. Was it called Keep Me? Since you <laughs> kept it? It 
is not key me. It's not key <laughs> harvest. It's not key market. It's not key flow. Key cathedral. It's not cathedral. Oh my goodness! I can't think of what the game was. It'll it it'll come to me before the end of the. Yeah, it'll come to me before the end of the show for sure. But it's one of those R and D games by um, uh, Richard Breeze, one of the Richard Breeze games. So anyway, it'll come to me. But I really like Key Flower. It's it's my favorite of the ones that I've played. Yeah, by by far. But again, I've only played I think one or two other ones. So that's gotcha. it for me. Key Flower, my number one. Yep, I have no experience with any of the of the key games. But maybe, maybe one day, I, I can see how, how it can evoke that for you. But let me tell you about a game that really evokes Fall, Dean. The, the number one game. If there was a BGG listing of games based on what evokes Fall, this would be number one, hands down. Keeper. There we go. Sorry, go <laughs> Was ahead. that it? <laughs> Keeper. Keeper. I have not. I have it, but I have not played it. And I'll hold on to it till I play it. Go ahead. Sorry. Hey, I was super close when I said, keep me. Keep that it. That is true. That is very close. That's true. Um, but yeah, so this is this is the first game that I think of when fall arrives. Because what happens in the fall? Oktoberfest. Days in the fall. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oktoberfest happens in the October fall. Fest, yeah, that, and what happens Oktoberfest stays in Oktoberfest. Uh, again, this begins in mid-September and goes through early October. And this this game just evokes that so well. It may be, just looking at the box cover, it may be the warmest, coziest, most inviting box cover I have ever seen. Like I see these open doors on this box, and I just want to, I just want to climb in and sit by a fire and have some some schnitzel or some bratwurst or or maybe some Lieberkäse and a nice golden beer if you're into that sort of thing. This game, if you haven't already figured it out, is Taverns of Tiefenthal. <laughs> It's on all of your lists. <laughs> it's on every list. Everybody has like the one game that ends up showing up on all their lists. They just keep talking about it. This this is that one for me, I guess. And so again, I've talked about it a lot. Dean and John talked about it a lot in the past. We won't say much. But in case you have forgotten, it is designed by one of my favorite designers, Wolfgang Vorsch. And uh, the art is by Dennis Lohausen. And man, he does some amazing stuff. Like I said, the art in this game is spectacular. Uh, published by Schmidt Spiel uh, or North Star Games, which I don't know. Like my box says North Star Games, but they're not listed on BGG as the publisher anymore. This may have been one of the titles they sold to CMYK, uh, along with Quacks and others. By the way, this is a two to four player game, plays in 60 minutes. And as you probably already know, it's a deck building game where you're using cards uh, to get better cards. And you're rolling dice and you're drafting from those dice on these little cute coasters that you're passing around the table and the dice you draft will be your workers that you will put on your player board to upgrade your tavern and attract the best paying guest in order to have the most profitable tavern in town. Uh, again, won't say a whole lot. Just love the art and components of this game. The colors are so warm and rich. The parts of your board that you're upgrading, you are literally flipping over. They got the little tabs. You pick them up, you flip them over, and you put them back down. I mean, you're physically changing the state of your board. I think there's just something cool psychologically that that happens there. Um, this game with its with its deck building, and you're trying to, you know, get more tables and and get the the highest paying customers to your tables, and you're trying to get nobles to come in, even though they don't tip very well. They they still can give you lots of points. More nobles you have in your deck, and You've got this uh, this monk track you're moving around that you get to get other bonuses for. This, 
I think, and, and Dean, I know you've played a lot of, of uh, Wolfgang Varsha's games. I think this game is sort of the epitome of the whimsy of Wolfgang Varsh. It is so good. It is so fun. Um, it screams fall to me and makes me want to go to Essen and Oktoberfest and, and all that good stuff. I, you know, I, I considered, based on our conversation, I considered putting this, I considered brew crafters, I considered village. Hmm. Um, but because they didn't specifically bring out the, the Oktoberfest or, you know, that, that fall season of, of Germany, I, I, uh, I left them off the list. Although I, I love this game and I love those other two games as well. Yep. It didn't quite make the list. Now, if, if I had played you know, the game Oktoberfest and really enjoyed it. I might <laughs> put that on there, but I have uh, not played it. I've heard it's not a very good game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, but it did make me want to look it up. I wish right, there was right. a good Oktoberfest game, though. I don't yeah, know. Well, well, There's... this is it. This is close enough. Taverns of Tiefenthal, your number one fall okay. game of all time. <laughs> Get some. <laughs> it is yours. That is great. So that is our list. Any Any honorable mentions that you want to talk about? Well, you know, I would have said Everdale like you did. I think that was one that I was thinking about. Um, there's a uh, parks, maybe, just because I think the colors and the feel of hiking and the campfire. I want more games. Maybe there are some. I just don't have experience with them. I want some games about campfires or bonfires or roasting mar- marshmallows. Um, I know there's like a tinder blocks game, which is like you're building a fire. I don't know a whole lot about it. It's like a little dexterity game. I don't know. Do you know any games that kind of fall in that? In that category, <laughs> summer camp, but it's not a fall game. Summer camp gotcha. is summer a camp, summer camp. Game. Yeah, um, but something of those. But no, lines, Park, I think would be Parks exciting. was one I uh, Parks was one I considered for that very reason. But you're right; I don't think there's a, yeah. another um, option that fits in that category that I have played. You know what I'm thinking as as we say this? I think a good game about roasting marshmallows that involves sand timers could be exciting because you know. You don't want to burn the marshmallow. You want to toast it. Well, some of us oh. want to burn them, but you know, but if you're trying to toast it, there's going to be a sand timer marshmallowy campfire game that we could design. Okay, Darren, okay, people don't, don't design this one. Okay. I think we can do this <laughs> in the vein of like kites. Have you, you said you haven't played kites? I've not played it, but I've heard people talk about it. I'm with you. Okay. Please, please don't steal our idea. Cause we're going to run with this. <laughs> we're going to run with this. Evan, Evan Halbert, you're listening to this episode. I know you are. Jay Bell, you might be listening to this episode. Hear this. We should all design this game. I, I, I would like to see that. And, and you know, obviously we dilute it down to receiving less than a penny a copy of this game, but we can put our names on the on the, on the the box with these yeah. amazing designers. Isn't or we could just do it ourselves and forget them. Well, there's that too, but <laughs> mostly like the, the light, simple games always have like six designers on them. Like a really heavy game's got one, but these little light, That's simple true. games like Draft of Source, like six guys that designed this. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm all about just editing all of this out and you and I keeping this idea to ourselves. Okay. We'll be stingy on this one. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, I probably won't edit this out. I want to leave it, but that'll be good. Don't yep. steal Darren's idea. And if you do, it's fine. Just put our names somewhere in there. No, let's collaborate. Come on. Let's make this happen. I'll take my opinion. Oh, yeah, or do that. For each or copy. do that. Yep. Okay. Um, a couple on mine. River, the river was probably closest to my number six, is my guess. I, I ended up getting rid of this one. This is a Days of Wonder game that I really enjoyed, but I just didn't have room in my collection for it anymore. And uh, it's it very much evokes that that same fall, you know, early settlement theming, I guess, of of 
North America, of of the United States, of the colonies. It wasn't the states, whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's, you get the idea. Um, there were several. This was in, in some ways an easier list, and then some ways kind of a hard because I, it doesn't make sense for everybody. I often think of going to the zoo in the fall time, so I considered mm. New York Zoo. I considered some of those other zoo games, not Ark Nova, just because it doesn't make me feel that same way. Uh, Reavers of Midgard has the really colorful leaves on it, which was really the only reason. Um, <laughs> All right. Things like Broom Service or Hocus Pocus that we play in the fall season, but it should have made my list last week, I guess, is kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Then you have games that have tons of seasons on them. You've got Agricola, you've got Viticulture, you've got Brew, uh, Brew Crafters, lots of games like that that could have made my list. And then finally, Century, The New World. Um, I think is what it's called. New World. That's a Century series, Century Spice Road and those games. So all of those could have made my list, but they didn't. This was my five. This was Darren's five. We did it. Our top five fall games. So if you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us through lots of different ways. Social media at Meepletown Games. Email us at MeepletownGames at uh, MeepletownMail at gmail.com. And you can also um, connect with us through the Discord and through the guild. That's guild number 3407 on BoardGameGeek.com. And until next time. Oh, also thanks for supporting the show. And if you'd like to support, buymeacoffee.com slash MeepleTown9 or go to our Patreon. All that's listed on our website as well. Until next time, thanks for coming down to MeepleTown. Later. Okay, real fast, Aaron. A couple of favorite fall movies. I've already mentioned mine in the episode. I got Dan in real life, Back to the Future, Goonies. I've been watching some Hallmark Halloween movies. What? They have Hallmark (laughs) Halloween movies? They do. Pretty good, too. Some of them are. uh, I'm in a bad place. (laughs) 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 The Christmas movies actually start up, I think, like next week or this week or something. And you know what? We're we're just going to do it. We're just going to watch them. Wow, you can't do anything Christmas till after Thanksgiving. You know that, right? I beg to differ. <laughs> and you really can't watch a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Just period. <laughs>